Hi, this is Mo Oster, MISNI's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. This week, the big news was Governor Hochul submitting her proposed $216 billion budget proposal to the New York State Legislature. As many of you know, New York's budget goes well beyond a simple allocation of anticipated tax revenues. There are thousands upon thousands of substantive policies that go along with how the money is spent, including proposals that could either enhance patient access to physician care or proposals that could impose new costs on physicians. That means that there are literally thousands upon thousands of pages of text for your MISNI governmental affairs staff to dig through to determine how these proposals could impact physicians and what MISNI and grassroots physicians should be advocating to their legislators. Importantly, with a state not facing multi-billion dollar deficits like it has in the previous few years, Governor Hochul seeks to make significant investments in our healthcare system beleaguered after two, let's just call them dog years, fighting the COVID pandemic. The investments are both to the healthcare workforce and to the physical infrastructure. To begin with, on a positive note, the executive budget proposes to restore last year's 1.5% cut to Medicaid payments and provide on top of that a 1% across-the-board increase in these payments. It would also significantly increase funding for the Doctors Across New York program that provides student loan repayment for younger physicians that agree to serve in underserved areas. It would also enact a number of targeted health insurance reforms, including requiring health insurers to pay telehealth services at rates equal to comparable in-person services, require that all health insurers follow the 60-day deadline for credentialing applications that is currently applicable to only some insurers, and it would enhance DFS enforcement powers against health insurers from excessive medical record requests and when they violate certain federal law protections. It would also enact a number of targeted expansions of the state subsidized health insurance coverage, including increasing the eligibility threshold for the essential plan, eliminating cost sharing for families insured in the CHIP program who make less than 233% of the federal poverty level, and provide Medicaid postpartum coverage for up to one year. And importantly, it also does not include proposals MISNI has strongly opposed in past executive budget submissions, like cuts to MISNI's Committee for Physicians' Health and proposals that would reduce due process for physicians when a complaint has been filed against them with the OPMC. However, there are also a number of concerning items in the budget submission. While it does provide $102 million for the Excess Medical Malpractice Insurance Program, the same as last year, it would, for reasons we do not yet understand, require physicians to purchase the coverage themselves and then be reimbursed by the carrier in two yearly installments instead of having the coverage be obtained by the hospital where the physician practices and which is a beneficiary of this coverage in cases where both the physician and the hospital are sued. It also contains a couple of concerning scope of practice changes, including eliminating the remaining statutory informal collaboration requirements for those NPs practicing in primary care with more than 3,600 hours of practice, and permitting pharmacists to perform limited service lab tests authorized by the FDA without any apparent requirement to coordinate with a physician or other care provider. It would also eliminate prescriber prevails protections for prescriptions written for patients insured by Medicaid fee-for-service or Medicaid managed care. 
Then there are numerous proposals in the budget where your staff continues to do a deeper dive as to what has actually been proposed. One of these components is a lengthy section of changes to New York's surprise medical bill law to incorporate elements of the federal No Surprises Act to ensure New York does not prevent against the application of provisions that are more protective for patients. Many of these items are similar to provisions that the New York Department of Financial Services laid out in a guidance document in December that's also posted on MISNI's website. But in some cases, the budget proposal goes beyond what is required, including by enabling an independent dispute resolution entity to consider the insurer's median payment amount to a particular type of specialty similar to what is to be considered in the federal IDR. However, there's no requirement that that be in a state law. Other items your staff is taking a closer look at include adding New York to the current list of 30 states who have joined the Interstate Medical Licensure Compact, a proposal to transfer to the Department of Health oversight of all education law regulated healthcare providers, and a far-reaching proposal to provide $1.2 billion in bonuses for healthcare workers at Article 28 facilities who make less than $100,000, but also to employees of certain non-Article 28 entities who see at least 20% Medicaid patients. Many of these items will be focused upon for MISNI for its upcoming Physician Virtual Advocacy Day scheduled for Tuesday, March 8th. Please go to MISNI's website or look for more information in today's e-news for how to register. Turning to upcoming educational events, please place on your calendar Wednesday, February 16th at 7.30 a.m. for the next MISNI Medical Matters program, The Impact of the COVID Pandemic on Racial and Ethnic Minorities, with faculty Dr. Yvette Calderon. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for your continuing commitment to MISNI and to your County Medical Society. We will speak again next week.